0: Welcome to Zoom Out Podcast. My name is Tim Niemeyer. I'm here with Mark Mariah. Welcome, Mark. Thank you, too. Uh, Mark is an entrepreneur and author of two business books who runs a business coaching firm that develops talent in the Bitcoin industry. Uh, He's also written more than 21 articles for Bitcoin Magazine and launched a group one year ago called the Chief Lightning Officers, of which I'm part of. This group of Bitcoiners are on a mission to educate local merchants and shop owners on the world's global and the only global and digital peer-to-peer payments rails. Mark, thank you for joining me.
1: More than happy to do it, Tim. Looking Uh, forward to the conversation.
0: And for those that don't know, um, speaking of Mark as a mentor, uh, Mark has helped me tremendously when I wrote History Echoes Bitcoin. He was my mentor through the whole thing. So I have an extra honor of having him on the podcast. So uh, I'm (laughs) going to jump right in. And uh, ask you the first question. Uh, I like to try and focus on not just Bitcoin, but financial freedom. And obviously, mm-hmm. as a Bitcoiner, we see Bitcoin as the solution to final freedom. I'm going to start right in there, uh, Mark. What do, you, what do you see that's holding people back from financial freedom?
1: It's, you know, I've thought a lot about that question. What I've concluded is, most for most people, it's just not their goal, and. They haven't had training in it. So you're in the school system. We don't get trained and learn about anything as it relates to finance. Um, And I would even say most people are financially illiterate. I don't mean that they're dumb. They just they don't know what a balance sheet is. They don't know what an income statement is. Many today, because of our system, are debt slaves. So they don't know how money works. They don't know what inflation is, because really it's a form of, you could call it a form of theft or at least a hidden tax, depending on how you want to look at it. They don't know how banking works, and they don't really know how the financial system works. So with all those gaps, and the way I've described it, Tim, I think in, in one or two other podcasts that I've done is our financial system and our banking system is probably 200 times worse than you can imagine. And so most people don't want to be depressed. They got a big enough set of problems in their life. They don't need to go through it. But if you ask most people, you know, if they know, you know, these three facts about the money in their bank, they wouldn't know the answer. The first one is, you know, first of all, it's not their money
0: mm-hmm. because
1: it's literally the bank's money. You've loaned the bank money as soon as you deposit it. And everyone thinks it's their money. And it's not. Sorry. Bad news. But number two, it's not there because they're doing the whole fractional reserve lending. And is that
0: somewhere between zero and ten percent somewhere in there? How much it's does the bank actually have to hold out to?
1: You know, they dropped it at during COVID. Yeah, I don't think it's used to be 10% when it started 100 years ago. It's probably I, you know, we used to call it fractional reserve. I call it infinite reserve or (laughs) or infinitesimally reserved. There's they they have requirements for reserves in banks, but it's got very little to do with lending
0: anymore. So let's say if somebody had a thousand dollars in the bank, the bank only had to for historically had to hold on to about one hundred dollars of that. Correct. And they're lending that's out the rest. So when, they, when you say that the banks uh, doesn't have their money, that's what you mean. It's like they're taking what you give them and loaning it out and just having like an IOU saying we, we owe you this much, basically.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're banking on the idea, no pun intended, that yeah. all of us will deposit our money. We want, all want it at the same time. And then, of course, something like Silicon Valley happens. Silicon Valley Bank happens last March. Um, but so that's the second one. And then the third is, it's not even money. So our money in this, basically in every fiat currency around the world, is actually credit. It's an IOU. And so when you have a credit-based monetary system, it's literally not money. It's um, it, There's counterparty risk, which is a very fancy word for somebody on the other side has to honor your requirement in order to get paid in this case the government so back to my point which is people don't know how money works they don't know what inflation is they don't know how banking works and they don't know how the financial system works and so to me all of those are necessary preconditions to understanding how bad the system is before you start to appreciate something like bitcoin as a solution
0: so uh you said as i was listening i i kind of heard rem- remembered from education uh the word ignorance uh it, it's not a we should be able to normalize that it doesn't like you said it doesn't mean stupid it means just not yeah. knowing and for example my daughter is uh does a lot in dance and my wife did ballet and i am ignorant of ballet. You I don't know both. the first thing about it. That doesn't mean I'm stupid. That doesn't yep. mean I couldn't learn and become a great ballerina. You know, someday, yeah. who knows? But it, yep. it, ignorance just means not knowing. And we have to be aware of what we don't know in a way. And so... Well,
1: you don't, you don't have to be aware of what you don't know. You will pay a price oof. for not knowing. So I would be much more likely to be a debt slave If I haven't learned about money or credit Mm. or the banking system or the financial system. And, you know, again, I could go on and on. I was both a banking lawyer and a securities litigator uh, when I was a lawyer. And one of the things you learn in the financial system because of the way it's set up. In fact, this will be very timely because of the ETFs. The even the Black Rocks of the world aren't going to hold the Bitcoin. They're going to use a custodian. And so when you have custodians holding your stocks, whatever it is, you can end up with more claims to the stock than there is actual stock and take Bitcoin out of it and ETFs. This happened in the Dole case. Uh, Caitlin Long was great at explaining this in one of her podcasts. I forget who she did it with. And when you start to understand the system at a very granular, deep, Level, you should have a healthy skepticism for very significant parts of the system. And again, when you don't have that awareness, you will end up being either a debt slave or you're likely to get the rug pulled on you without realizing what's happened.
0: So, that rehypothecation, just saying that word, we could do a whole podcast on that rehypothecation, but from what I'm hearing, what I'm gathering is you're you're more susceptible to be a slave, for lack of a better word, to the things of which you're ignorant. Would that be a way to put correct.
1: it? Correct. Yeah, correct. Same thing with health. If I don't know, oh, geez, what yeah, healthy food choices are. I might think I'm eating healthy, and I'm getting sicker by the minute, and I but I don't know. I don't know any better, and that, that hits there's hard two for things, me. Yeah, there's and there's two things I don't teach in the school system that to me are really really disappointing one is healthy food choices is nutrition is health and the other would be wealth or understanding the basics of finance so um, actually last gosh two, two november's ago 2022 myself and a couple of other folks who you know anthony and and ryan oh, yeah. went into a seventh and eighth grade class and we taught that class about money and banking and Bitcoin because of the very gap that we're talking about. They don't teach it in the school system. And candidly, I think that's mostly intentional. I don't think the school systems and governments really want an educated populace as it relates to money, banking, and the financial system. So we that's don't tough. have
0: it. Yeah, But and you can uh, do it that...
1: yourself. That's the good news. You can do it yourself that... today yeah. without any you could in it's amazing the resources that are available today you're you're well, you and i are living testimony to that
0: right what's the uh is it i think it was mark twain that says i don't let um my my schooling get in the way of my education or something to that yes. effect uh, yes exactly so yeah because uh exactly like my kids come home and they're like we gotta do homework and we gotta do this and oh it's the weekend i don't have to it's like no it just because you're clocked in or clocked out doesn't mean you're, you should be learning or not learning. You should be learning at all moments. You should be aware enough to realize is what I'm doing, helping me or hurting me. Like you said, with the health choices, I've been really digging in on that in the last few years. And you're absolutely right. We just don't know. And you know, if I go um, on a weekend and I'm thinking about other things, I may forget it if I'm not consciously thinking, uh, being health conscious. And I think that, uh, ports over to the whole uh financially conscious you need to be <laughs> aware of what you're putting what system you're using uh monetarily exactly so so if exactly. we if we ta- same if we if we lead that then towards bitcoin uh if you were to be having this conversation with let's say i'm i'm completely um not aware not conscious of bitcoin what would be your personal elevator yep. pitch to me
1: it will really depend, and vary significantly depending on my audience. So, absolutely, it's, 100%. one of my peers, one of my peers, so boomers, uh, particularly, usually they're affluent. Uh, what I, I mean, I sort of started just like everybody else, kind of really all excited about it, and then I finally realized it's like, the reality is, if they have a certain amount of affluence and wealth, what I'll say is, you probably don't need Bitcoin, and that's the starting point. for them to lower the wall because otherwise they're going to think I'm selling them on Amway or, you know, the latest whatever Ponzi scheme, which of course Bitcoin has that reputation completely unjustified. So when I'm dealing with my peer group, I am looking for whether or not they see flaws in the system that are keeping them awake at night. It might be preserving their wealth. It might be passing on their wealth. It might be purchasing power. It might be inflation. But so I'm always very curious. But what I would also say here's the thing I wish more Bitcoiners would do, which is, and you know, they don't usually get asked the question so what is Bitcoin? And you know, I've asked I've answered that in a lot of different ways. I'm sure you have too. In fact, I'd love to hear your answer when, when, when you get to <laughs> ask that question. Yeah. But here's I've decided, I usually answer it with a question, which is okay, well, which Bitcoin are we talking about? Are we talking about the one where it's really volatile? It goes up and down. And yes, it goes up and down, but more to the upside. More upside. Or are we down. talking about the network and the protocol that is Bulletproof, bombproof, tankproof, never been hacked, has grown constantly, has over almost has 820,000 blocks mined so far and has done almost a billion transactions without ever having been hacked. Which one are you asking me about? And the reason I do that is because I want people to walk away curious because the goal isn't to convince them in 30 seconds or a minute that they need to buy Bitcoin, but can they get curious enough about some aspect of it? And you and I both know it's such a huge topic. You can know about Austrian economics. You can know about money. You can know about the banking system. You can know about fractional reserve banking. You know, it it hits on so many areas, but it really doesn't matter to the person you're talking to, all that matters to them is, does it solve a problem? If it does, can I make them curious enough to see it as a potential solution to that problem?
0: Well, and uh, gosh, there was so much in there. Um, One, I heard the the Socratic method being used, which is just a fantastic uh, teaching tool, but why it's fantastic is because it touches on what you're uh, speaking about earlier about, um, are you even conscious of the problem (sighs) And mm-hmm. in your explanation to me, I was trying to listen to it as the first time I've ever heard about Bitcoin. And you start talking about all of these other things and, oh, it's a protocol, not just an asset. Well, you've just tripped that trigger for um, the, curio- the curiosity trigger, if you will. So yeah. now I'm thinking, like, wait, I'm now aware of stuff that I wasn't aware of before. So now I can actually have that, start to have that conversation. So it's building that awareness and not so much giving you a complete answer. I guess that's the best kind of way.
1: Exactly. I mean, you can give a short answer and that may or may not satisfy. And again, if I'm dealing with somebody who's younger, what's really interesting is I've done some version of this because I've walked into, you know, you and I've had this conversation and I'm sure we'll get there. Uh, I've walked into all kinds of places where I spend money and I've said, do you accept lightning yet? And when they find out it's Bitcoin, sometimes even when they're younger, they back away. Like I've just told them I'm a mass murderer. It's the weirdest thing <laughs> you've ever seen. It's and, a bank and, heist. <laughs> yeah, but whatever. And it, it, But I mean, I'm talking to just younger folks, but then there's other folks that lean in and they're really curious. Well, all you're really doing, yes, it's Socratic, but what it really is, Tim, is you're operating from a high level of curiosity You as the Bitcoiner, as the speaker, and you're listening at a hyper level to see where the pain point is, where the curiosity might make them want to go, oh, well, that's interesting. What do you mean, Mark? What do you mean it's a payment rail or or it's a network or a protocol? Why would I care about that? Right. And, And again, you're you're I'm always trying to communicate. You're a teacher. I might use, if I'm coaching you, for example, I'll use teaching metaphors with you when I'm trying to make a point, because I know you'll resonate with those experiences. If I'm dealing with lawyers, I'm going to use experiences of being a lawyer. If I'm a banker, I might use experiences of being a banker or a Wall Street uh, finance type. I might try to use some of that. And... You have to, you know, this comment has been made a lot. You really meet, you want to meet people where they are and you do not ever, I I don't find any value to helping people feel like they're stupid or that they're dumb. And, 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 And without trying, I think one of the biggest mistakes Bitcoiners make is they end up making the person they're speaking to feel dumb. That may not have been their intention, but that's the effect, particularly that, when you're not listening with the intent to try and understand their situation.
0: So it's kind of uh, the Bitcoiners will end up kind of conflating the whole ignorant stupidity thing, or at least making the audience feel not that they're ignorant, that they don't know something. That's not a bad thing. It's just how the, there's no nobody can know everything about everything. Right. Correct. But somehow it crosses that from being ignorance to feeling maybe not stupid, but inferior or like the superiority thing, because you're preaching to the choir like there's so many things that I've learned over the past five years. And I just want to share it with the people Mm -hmm. I care about Mm -hmm. and the way in which I share it, (laughs) it won't be received the right way if I'm doing what you're saying. That's if tough. you
1: come if you come across as tell, so I mean I basically taught people how to sell who hated selling, okay, or at least <laughs> hated their idea of selling, and most people's idea of selling is telling, and telling isn't selling. Uh, telling is a very 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 poor form of selling. It's asking questions. It's being curious. It's being it's having a service mindset. It's looking for a pain point that then you get their permission to inch into that topic, whether it's money, whether it's banking, whether it's the financial system, whether it's inflation, whether it's debt. And I've you know had enough conversations with Bitcoiners over the years, one of whom I remember, this is going back a couple of Christmases ago, and her sister was a lawyer in New York City. Now, again, I've worked with lawyers my whole career, and she's like, she her sister just doesn't want anything to do with bitcoin and she it was to the point where it was actually hurting her relationship with her sister Mm. and i'm like look let it go i mean i I understand that we both realize how powerful bitcoin is but your sister's basically working for the canteen class if she's a lawyer in new york city and Mm. don't make Bitcoin, the wall of separation you use no. to keep you from having a relationship with your sister. It isn't worth it. Let it go. Drop which, it. Which, Unless which, she which, raises it, drop it.
0: Which is ironic because in all reality, Bitcoin is, is a system that allows everybody to come together, especially from different viewpoints. Bitcoin is yep. for everybody. So it's it, yeah, that's When tough.
1: they're ready.
0: When they're it's ready. It's for everybody.
1: Yeah. When they're ready. So that lawyer in New York, her sister... She might not get it for another five years. I mean, who cares?
0: Unfortunately, you know, the, the we, other thing... we 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 Go get ahead. Bitcoin we get Bitcoin at the price we deserve. I've heard that, and that when you first hear that, it it stings, but there's a little bit of truth to that.
1: Yeah, but again, so th- this will get into something that's to me a blind spot. I don't like that phrase, and I'll tell you why. Okay. It's back to the reason why I answer the question when someone says, what is Bitcoin? The price you deserve is emphasizing what? The asset or the network? Uh,
0: touche. Touche, it's at the and asset. All,
1: you listen to every podcast in Bitcoin, almost without exception. And they, they will talk about the network and the protocol. But if you count the minutes where they're talking about These amazing, immutable rails, immutable ledger, never been hacked, backed by millions of ASICs and an untold amount of energy. They're spending 99% of every podcast on the asset and almost nothing on the network and the protocol, which to me, both are amazing. I don't want to... Labor be. or diminish. And you
0: can't have one without the other.
1: Right. And you can't have one without the other. Well, except that, you know, again, it's a settlement rail. And again, go back to what are the problems that Bitcoin solves? Well, yes, it gives you hard money. But as they're learning with the whole ordinals and inscriptions and BRC20 token controversy, those folks recognize that Bitcoin isn't just an asset. What the other folks are saying, no, it is just an asset. It's only for money. Well, I'm sorry. It's an immutable ledger. I can see, I can make the case me personally for wanting to put stuff on there that literally can't be censored by what I think is the censorship industrial complex. That's now fully ensconced in every aspect of our lives, whether we like it or not. And so that whole controversy to me, I understand why it's happening, but I don't, if you zoom out, you go, well, hold it. Ah. There's a network here. There's an immutable ledger. It happened to be used for money. And okay, you want to only use it for money. I'm okay with signing up for that. I think ordinals and inscriptions are mostly dumb, but you're forgetting that Bitcoin isn't just a small B asset. Bitcoin is also the big B network and protocol. And there's this, it's a settlement layer um, that's vastly superior so, to any so other settlement layer that's ever existed in the history of humanity. And it's competing against 160 monopolies that don't want your their asset, their money to leave the border. And you've got this other monetary system it it's interoperable it'll go from here to el salvador like that it'll go from here to china like that it'll go from here to japan like that and you can have it illegal in every country in the world and you and i can still use it
0: so let's tie this together let's okay and 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 i i dig this because this is right where i'm going let's say i'm i'm a local merchant i'm battling with my own financial freedom or ignorance around that um and you come to me and you are noticing my pain points because that's what you do. You're you're watching, you're you're meta, you're up here, uh, conscious of the things that are holding me back. And you have all of this information about this uh, settlement layer. Uh, So we have Bitcoin and we have the Lightning Network. Yep. Let's almost, I'm I'm just throwing this on you just for fun. Let's kind of uh, do a mock, uh, interview. I'm uh, you're coming to my shop. I'm selling you some coffee. Um, you notice I don't take Bitcoin. You notice I don't take Lightning. How would you approach me?
1: Well, I said it earlier. I mean, literally, I more often than not, what I'll say is, "Hey, do you accept Lightning yet?" What's that? Uh, well, Lightning is essentially a payment rail built on top of Bitcoin. That's if you do it right, either almost free. Or very close to it. Instead of if I'm using a charge car right now, you probably have to pay four percent.
0: But I, I thought. But I thought that uh, isn't Bitcoin too volatile? Wouldn't I lose a lot of money? <laughs> see, I, <laughs> see, I'm a, playing. I'm playing yeah, yeah, the yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. that's and, that's where I would go. How would you approach that?
1: Well, and again, but you know, you made the assumption earlier that I've already identified their pain points. If I'm approaching somebody and I sure. don't know their pain points, uh, then, then we got to back up. So well, and that's I, kind of, I, that's... I, I stopped there. I stopped there because I'm not going to try and sell them anything. It's like, um, you know, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to find out. So I did this, I've done this enough, right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. that in fact, there's a pie shop here in the Denver area. And it's, uh, the, the, it, what I've noticed is this owners of the shop, it's not a chain there and you're talking to the owner and they really don't like paying 4% every time there's a credit card charge, they're very interested and they won't react the way you did. Good point. Okay. But it may or may not be enough for them to to add it because it's very simple, as you know, to add lightning as a payment rail. But does it integrate with their point of sale? I mean, there's a whole ton of things that that get into it. But you know it's zero fees, quick setup. You know, but to me it's a tool, so it's a lot easier. So I love this phrase. I'm trying to think of who used it first. But you know, if you're talking to a merchant, so you know about. Um, I don't know if you made the last chief lightning officers meeting. We had Gerardo and Evelyn, who are both Bitcoiners in Berlin, El Salvador, which is a small town, a mountain town, and they made it their mission to talk to merchants and owners about adopting Bitcoin and Lightning as payment rails. They were an all cash community for the most part, they didn't have Visa MasterCard like us privileged Westerners. So it was a lot easier to convince them to provide and have them have a De Niro Electronico is what they would call it, right? Electric money, or they would even say dinero, US dollars. They would call it electronic US dollars, which is, a well, it is true with the, well, it is true with the Chiva wallet, but I don't, we don't need to get into that. Mm, My point is quick, quickly, they convinced, I think 16 or 17 merchants to adopt it. And in less than six months, they have onboarded over a hundred merchants.
0: And to it, accept
1: it, lightning and Bitcoin.
0: that's impressive. That's impressive.
1: But but here's the here's the here's the phrase: you don't need to sell life preservers on the Titanic. Oof. You don't need to. So that the problem in the West, the problem with the shopkeepers here in the, in the United States and in Canada and in Europe, you know, again, all the more affluent, you know, Australia, um, they. You have to find the pain point that makes them want to do it. And that's the whole reason why we started the chief lightning officers, right? Because my belief was, oh, my God, there's so many companies. There's so much development. There's the, the technology is like reaching out more and more to merchants and shopkeepers around the world, and the first and early adopters are not the ones in the developed world. They're in the developing world. Why? Because as bad as our monetary system is, it is unbelievably robust and beautiful by comparison to the payment rails in Africa. For example, there are over, thank you, Ray Youssef, for this stat, there are over 2000 payment systems in the continent of Africa among the countries 2000 wow. and only 2 or 3% talk to each other all right well that's going to that's a prescription for financial he calls it financial apartheid and for uh, monetary monetary colonialism another phrase that uh, we could thank Alex Gladstein for mm. and, and so your conversation with a shop owner, like in Bitcoin Akazi or, you know, someone in another community like Berlin in El Salvador, they are literally utilizing Bitcoin as a tourist attraction. And there are other residual benefits. So, again, let's go back to Berlin. So, not only are they onboarded these merchants, but in the conversation I had with Gerardo and Evelyn, they're actually... These individual merchants can now pay their suppliers, their water bill, their uh, electric bill, without having to physically go down the street, wait in a line and give them cash or get on a bus or get in a car and drive an hour and go and pay a bill. And all of a sudden they are saving more time because they now have an electronic payment system that's interoperable and is so easy to use. To me, the thing that I will often do if I'm really trying to get one of my peers, and really I've done this with strangers in airports. I've done it with everybody. I've literally, rather than talk about Bitcoin, I'll say, well, hey, if you're open to it, I'll show you how easy it is to transact in it because I don't know how the my phone works, but I use it all the time. And I don't know how my computer works, but I use it all the time. But I said, it's really easy to use lightning so here if you'll download this wallet i'll send you some i'll send you some sats and so i've i've done it a lot and one of the things that's most striking to them is all right so what did you have to give me you give me your name no how about your address no well how about your social security number no phone number no email address no i just sent you value now again if they're brand new to it it's blowing their mind because they're not but but I've done it with enough people. They're like, oh yeah, that's really different than having to go and open a bank account.
0: So what what I'm hearing through all of this, the common thread is it, whether it's um, saving and fees or the interoperability or not the inconvenience uh, of the traditional system. It it, it, it it's a lot of um, leading to the deflationary aspect of it, leading to time freedom. And it kind of ties yes. back in. I go back yes. to the whole idea of uh, financial freedom and us not being aware, hmm. maybe, and not not as the sell per se, but um, an aspect, a pain point is like not having enough time and look Ding, how... Bingo,
1: bingo. Exactly. So,
0: so fact, financial feel, freedom Tim, is I... time freedom, or time exactly. freedom is financial freedom.
1: And, and Tim, I think you're onto something. I think what needs to happen more by those of us who are Bitcoiners who value Bitcoin is to emphasize and look for people who want to claim more time. So that could be not only day to day for the Berlin merchants who are now saving time because they don't have to pay their electric bill in person with dollars, Mm -hmm. but it's also, I've done this in some version of this with my daughter, and my son, you can probably retire sooner or at least have more options. And it gives you more optionality and it gives you a greater amount of freedom of when you work, where you work and how long you work because if I have a money that's doing this rather than a money that's doing that Uh. over a decade, I'm gonna have more options if I save In Bitcoin. Now, that's more of a Western concept that won't be as meaningful to people in Africa or in South America or in Latin America. But for here, it will mean a lot. This goes back to the point I made earlier. You really want to understand and, and be very attuned to who you're speaking to and do your best to really dial in to what are their needs as they perceive them? And then you speak to them only in that way. And if Bitcoin, like you reacted earlier, it's like, well, hold it. Isn't that, you know, volatile? Yep. Okay, well, actually, if I come back and I'm thinking sc- clearly, I'll go, well, you're thinking about the asset. Really, what I'm talking about is the lightning that is network. The net, right. And that's the network. And that's actually bulletproof, bombproof, tankproof. If you don't want to hold the Bitcoin as Bitcoin, you can immediately convert it with some of the solutions into U.S. dollars, if that's what you'd like. And, and in so- that
0: situation, you're you're taking um, you, you've recognized what my where I'm not uh, conscious about this, uh, and, uh, and, just, and and, and just just open in the open it up a little bit, just to say, hey, there's all these other things that you could be experiencing and saving your time with. Um, so if I were to If I were to wrap that up, then the, then you and the chief lightning officers, your job is to take them from, take local merchants from zero to one as quickly and effortlessly as possible to help them achieve a greater level of uh, financial freedom and and therefore time freedom. Is is that a good summation you'd say? Or how would you put that?
1: I think it's a fair summation. I think, you know, when I started it, it was really, again, I spent most of my life teaching people who hated selling how to sell. Well, basically my goal was. Right, you've got this astonishing payment layer, settlement layer called Lightning, and nobody knows about it. Literally, it's, it's, a, it's a brand of its own. And to me, it's a Trojan horse. I think, it, and certainly in the global south and in the developing world, they're gonna adopt Lightning way faster than we will. But I, as I've said, I think you were in one of the first calls. Forget selling merchants and business owners on Bitcoin as a revolution, or Bitcoin as a movement. It's a tool. If it doesn't, if they don't see it as a tool, pleasantly, hey, you know, and if you, you there all the time, be very pleasant. Hey, let me know if you have any questions. I'd be happy to answer, you know, any right. questions you have about it in the future. But literally I start with, do you accept lightning yet? And that's because I know, and again, to quote the great Wayne Gretzky, you got to skate to where the puck's going. You and I know, probably in less than five years, maybe even less, the Lightning and all kinds of Layer 2, not just Lightning, Arc, FETI, um, you know, there's a bunch. Sure. Those will have gotten so user-friendly, they'll be better, faster, and cheaper, and more secure than anything in the US dollar system. And as much as our government's gonna try and regulate it out of existence or try to close off the walls, I don't think they'll be be able to outcompete the cypher pumps. So it'll be um, a tool and it has utility. But my goal is to have as many merchants in my community adopt Lightning so at least I have the option to spend Bitcoin in shops, craft brewers, restaurants. There's a dental office here in uh, South Denver that now accepts Bitcoin. Lovely. Um, you, you want as many of those options as you can, and it's gonna keep happening. It's gonna be early adopters first. And what the, bit, what the chief lighting officers really are doing is we're just trying to accelerate that, but only accelerate it at a level that's organic. We're not trying to force anything. Forcing things never Good works. ideas
0: don't require force. I uh, I say that over and over again. I you absolutely love and that. And
1: you don't need and you don't need to sell life preservers on the Titanic. You don't need to convince people <laughs> to use the greatest payment rails in the world if they already are experiencing pain. If they're not experiencing pain yet, just wait. It'll happen eventually, hmm. whether it's that the money's inflating or it's just that they hate paying 4%. So the pie shop owner I told you about, he's like, yeah, he's like, I said, you probably pay 3% on credit cards. There's no, actually closer to four. And so he was very interested in talking with me because he's interested in anything that would help him opt out of basically, uh, I would call that a negative tax. It's, Ugh. it's unnecessary. And it's not going to be like most of his customers tomorrow are going to start paying him in Bitcoin. It's not going to happen. But he actually gets free publicity. We could do podcasts. Um, tahini's out in, as um, a restaurant in yeah. Ontario, Canada. And they've gotten more free publicity. It's a cheat code. Peter McCormick with his Real Bedford.
0: Soccer team? It's a cheat yeah. code.
1: And he's, he's, having, he's having a conference literally by that name. I would love to get, there's a craft brewer where I'm an investor. I'd love to get them to see that it's a cheat code for getting known globally when they're not even known in the United States well. And you and I both know Bitcoiners are sociopaths. They will go out of their way to support businesses in their region, in their area, because they really believe in what they're doing. Now, some want to hodl. Which, fine, but I'm not one of those people. It's like, you're not, as soon as you tell me you're hodling, you're ignoring that dichotomy I made earlier. You're seeing Bitcoin only as an asset, and you're just going to assume that the network's going to be there. The network and the protocol will always be there. That might be right, but I'd rather put it into use and have people using it in Berlin so there's 100 merchants in Berlin using it.
0: Share the wealth, share the love. Absolutely. And I'm with you on that. And I took a lot of understanding to get from and a lot of um, being aware of what I, you know, I was ignorant on. Uh, But uh, I I think that's a great place. Yes, I I think that's a great place to wrap it up. Uh, Do you got any handoff for us before we wrap up? where uh, uh, not, chief lightning officers, uh, yeah, well, that means st- every other,
1: every other week, if they want to join that group, there's one on telegram. That's literally called chief lightning officers. Um, get in touch with you. I'm sure you can, you can add them. We'd love to have you join if you're your voice. Cause there's a lot of communities. We have people from Portugal we have people from the UK, people in Spain, uh, do all you, over the world.
0: Do you do much in terms of customer facing? Like, uh, if somebody was, was a local merchant and they just wanted to be a fly on the wall, they'd, there's no problem with them joining in and listening in. Not at all.
1: In fact, what I really would love to do eventually is bring on a specific merchant and have every one of us sit there and brainstorm and help them figure oh. out the best solution to their problem. You know, it's like having 10 consultants for one merchant who could be a small shopkeeper in, you know, Denver, Colorado, right? Or that Springfield,
0: would be Illinois. My, that'd be my favorite form of kumbaya right there. <laughs> I dig well, it.
1: And you know what, Tim, as another idea for future uh, podcasts, I think it would be fun to bring on merchants to do exactly that. But here's, here's a really cool uh, and a big idea that I'd love to see funded. You know, of course, about you know total real estate makeovers. We need to yep. start a TV show that's basically the total lightning makeover. And oh my we God. do it one shopkeeper, <laughs> right? One shopkeeper at a time before, after. We do the financials. We show what the pain points were. And then we do an after we show what we implemented, we show what they're doing now. And we could do it in Berlin a lot easier than we can do it in the United States, right?
0: That, but, the only downside I could see is that would take a, a merchant with enough awareness to be okay with showing their ignorance, to kind of tie it back to the ignorance. They have to be aware. Be, but if you put it on but the television…
1: Think about all—it's—it's all- it's, it's like yeah. going on. So here's the thing: you go on Shark Tank and you don't make a deal. Ah, yeah. everyone thinks that's horrible. No, you no. just got
0: seen by how many people I just people? got
1: watched by hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people, and it's on reruns. So it is. So again, chief, you know the the lightning, total lightning makeover. To me, that would be fun. It'd be either another podcast, but I think it'd be much more of a TV show where you're showing a before and after. But I'd love to have any merchants that you know in in your town or any other part of the world and they want to come on and ask us questions. That's what we're there for. We're there to, you know, what I learned a long time ago as a coach is you want to stay in service to your client. Always. I dig that. And as soon as you stop listening to what they need, you're no longer in service to the client. And a lot of Bitcoiners unwittingly drift away from being in service to the client, and they're just too much of an evangelist for Bitcoin. Oh, that's, well, that's learning. That's,
0: that's good advice. That's that's sage wisdom right there. Mark, yeah. I'm going to put a, a link to the chief lightning officers in the, in the show notes. Thank Perfect. you so much, Mark Mariah. Appreciate you being on Zoom Out's podcast.